What's It All About is a mini-series podcast provided by Oasis Church Athens, and I'm Chris Stewart, the host of this podcast. And what we're going to try to accomplish in this five-part series of episodes is to answer the question, what is the Bible all about? We actually will probably answer that question in this episode today. That's the goal. And then we'll take the next three episodes following this one to just unpack that answer and explain it so that hopefully when we're finished, you will have no doubt what the Bible is all about. Well, to find the answer to the question, we're actually going to go to Jesus and his words in one of the Gospels that we have in the New Testament. The New Testament begins with four different Gospels, and each of these Gospels provides a biographical sketch of Jesus. All of these words are true, and they're all emphasizing different aspects and facts of the the person and work of Jesus. Those Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, people might wonder, why are there four different books written by four different authors pretty much saying the exact same thing? Well, here's the reason why. They were written to different audiences. They are letters. They are like journals that are going to be shared with different people groups for the same purpose, to tell them about this man who claimed to be God whose name was Jesus. So Matthew is written to those who are Jewish in background. Mark is written to those who are Romans by background. John was written to those who were Greek by background. Now I skipped Luke. Well, I didn't really skip Luke. I'm going to tell you who Luke was written to. But the reason I saved Luke for last is because we're going to look at something Jesus says that's recorded for us by Luke And we're going to use that answer to answer our question, our big question, what's it all about? Luke was a Gentile, which means he was someone who was not of Jewish background. And so Luke wrote his book to those who are Gentiles, those who were not privy to all of the heritage and the history of the Jewish people, that reading of the Old Testament scripture for example, these people would not have known anything about the Old Testament scriptures. They would not have gone to synagogue. They would not have gone to the temple. They would not have followed and observed all the various customs and traditions of God's people, the Jews. Now, who is this man Luke? One thing we know about Luke, which Paul mentions in his letter to the Colossian people in Colossians 4, verse 14, is he says, Luke, the beloved physician, greets you. He's giving them some greetings. And he says that one of my faithful partners in the ministry, Luke, who is a physician, greets you. So Luke was a medical doctor. And I find this quite fascinating that this man who is the author of this gospel is a scientist. 
He's a medical doctor. He's a physician, which means Luke would have been a man who studied medicine and studied science and was formally educated. And I just think it would be really cool to have a man like Luke as your doctor, someone who would address your physical problem with his knowledge of medicine, but then also pray for you. Wouldn't it be great to have a doctor like Luke? I think Luke is a wonderful example of Christians who desire to be a doctor or work in the medical field. And I think it's great that we have someone who is the author of one of our four gospels in our scriptures, who that was his profession. He wasn't a religious man. He didn't grow up in a religious family, but he was a believer in Jesus. He loved Jesus and he trusted in God and he also did his best in his profession. Now, we don't know a whole lot more about Luke. One of the reasons why is because Luke doesn't talk a lot about himself. And I think that's great. I mean, he wrote two books of the Bible. And one of them, all he did was talk about Jesus. And in the other book, the book of Acts, all he did was talk about the church. I mean, he didn't write a third book and then talk about himself. I mean, Luke really doesn't seem to care if we know about him much at all. In fact, Luke begins his gospel by not even telling us who the author of this gospel is. Most of the letters in the New Testament begin by telling us who the author is. Well, Luke begins his gospel and he doesn't even share who it is, but we do know that he wrote it. We do know that Luke, this physician, was the author. I wonder what made Luke write a gospel. I mean, we said that he wrote it so that people who were not Jewish in background, people who are considered Gentile people, just normal people, regular people in the world would get to know about Jesus. But what made this physician decide to write a book? Well, we get a little insight by just looking at the first words of the Gospel of Luke itself. He tells us in the first four verses, and I'm reading right now from Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. He says this, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. Well, there's another person that pops up there in the very early words of Luke's gospel, a man named Theophilus. Most excellent Theophilus. Well, most excellent Theophilus appears to be the recipient of the Gospel of Luke, and also, by the way, the book of Acts, both of Luke's writings. So who is this man? Well, first of all, I just think it's a stunning and wonderful thing that the longest book, two of the longest books in the New Testament are written to one person. I mean, does God love the entire world 
Does God love all the people and all the nations? Yes, he loves the entire world. Yes, he loves all the nations. Does God love all the cities? Yes, he does. Does God love all the individuals? Yes, he does. So much so that he would go to such great lengths as to actually have one book of the entire Bible given to one person, I think is an indication that God is very loving and he knows us all and he doesn't deal with us as a herd of people, but he deals with us individually as image bearers of himself. I think that's a great comfort to know that God cares so much about one individual that he would have someone write an entire book and it's included in the scriptures. This man, Theophilus, received these two books in the Bible. Now, who is this guy? Well, I think he's probably a government official because Luke calls him the most excellent Theophilus, and that's a stately title. At the end of the book of Acts, the title most excellent is actually used three times to speak of a Roman governor, a political leader. And so that indicates to us that this man, Theophilus, who is who is receiving the, the book of Luke, the writings of Luke, is likely a, a governor of some sort. He's likely very wealthy, very educated, and probably part of the Roman government. And he's also a Gentile like Luke, which means he didn't grow up reading the scriptures or praying or worshiping with God and his people. But do you know what his name means? Get this. There's an interesting fact about the name Theophilus. The meaning of his name is one who loves God or lover of God. And so Luke is writing to Theophilus, the lover of God, so that Theophilus might learn about who Jesus is. And so what we could probably understand about Theophilus is that he is probably a new convert to Christianity. He's a wealthy man, a prominent man, an affluent man who has a significant role in the government, and he wants to be a Christian. He hears about this man, Jesus, and what he's done, and he's wondering, is it really true? I've got to be sure that this is true. Is Jesus really God? Did he do what I've heard that he's done? I mean, did he, did he walk on water? Has he really cast out demons? Did he really multiply fishes and loaves and feed 5,000 people with that little bit of food? Did he really command nature to obey him and the storm died down and the waves ceased? Did he really command someone who was dead to rise? Did he really say that he was God? Can he really forgive sin? Is he really God who has become man to reconcile us back to God? Is all of this really true or is it not true? I've got to know. And some people have to know. And here's the beautiful thing about Luke's gospel and about Theophilus, and that is you can know. You can know. I see Theophilus as a man who is wrestling with his faith. Do I believe in Jesus? 
Do I trust in Jesus? Do I love Jesus? Do I really belong to Jesus's people? Am I really willing to go public with this belief and this faith? Am I willing to be outspoken about this? Am I going to share my testimony whenever somebody asks me what's different about me? What's going on that's new in my life? I mean, there's a lot at stake here for this government official named Theophilus who contracts out or hires out or funds and supports this man Luke to go out and study and investigate this man who claims to be God. And so that's what Luke does. Theophilus funds the ministry of Luke. And he says, Luke, I need you to go find the truth. Go out and get the facts. Go find out exactly what happened around this man, Jesus, and give me the full report And so, that's the purpose of Luke's gospel. He's investigating. He's looking for facts. He's doing journalistic work to try to find out, is Jesus really who he says he is? I need to be sure that I give eyewitness testimony, eyewitness reports directly back to Theophilus. You see, Luke says, this is a narrative of the many things that have been accomplished among us. As you can imagine, Theophilus, someone who's at the very beginning stages of possibly believing, is probably wondering, did a virgin really have a baby? We got to check that out. Luke, make sure you double check that. That's an unusual fact. Okay, check that out. Did he really walk on water? I mean, really? Like, did that really happen? Go and make sure. Talk to the people who were there. Did he really take a little boy's lunch and feed an entire stadium full of people? I mean, did that really happen? Or is that just, you know, hyperbole or people just talking about it? I mean, did he do that? I mean, did he really speak to nature and a storm obeyed him and stopped? Did he really cast demons out of people? I hear that there were crowds of people there who saw it. Go talk to those people, Luke. I mean, did that really happen? Did he really die? I mean, was he really crucified and then come back afterwards? I mean, seriously, that happened? And 500 people or more saw it? Luke, find some of those people. Talk to them. Check these facts. And I love this. Because Christianity is not just a philosophical system. And Luke's gospel is a writing that is built on historical investigative fact. Eyewitness accounts of Jesus, his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And so what he says is, we are going to find out exactly what happened. And that's what Luke sets out to do. And something Luke does more than anything is give us direct quotes from Jesus. Just writes them down. This is exactly what he said. And I want to read you one of those quotes. But first, remember our question. What's it all about? What's the Bible all about? What's the Old Testament about? What are all those Old Testament books about? What's all that history about in the first five books of the Old Testament? 
What's all the stuff in the Psalms and the Proverbs and Song of Solomon and all those books there in the middle of the Old Testament? And then you have all those prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel and all these prophets in the Old Testament. What are they talking about? And all of those letters in the New Testament written by Paul and Peter and John and all these people, what are they writing about? What's the whole Bible about? Well, let me read you something directly from Dr. Luke and his investigative journalism. This is from the 18th chapter of his gospel. It says, And taking the twelve, that was the disciples, he, that is Jesus, said to them, and this is where he quotes Jesus. So Jesus said, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles. He'll be mocked, shamefully treated, and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. And then Luke gives us some commentary about how people responded to that. And he says they did not understand any of these things. The saying was hidden from them. and They did not grasp what was said. It's because that's pretty heavy stuff. Because basically Jesus looked at his disciples and he told them everything that you've ever learned from the Old Testament, everything you've ever learned from the scriptures, everything that was ever written from any prophet that heard from God and spoke a word to the people, everything is fulfilled in me. What's it all about? It's all about Jesus. That's what we'll begin to unpack next time.